Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee. Welcome back to Enter the Flow Zone podcast, where we talk about peak performance, and we're really, really glad to have you on here again. We have a really, really special guest with us today, Mr. James Silvis. He is a mindset specialist, and it's great to have you on, brother. Yes, grateful to be here. Uh, I'm excited to connect with your audience and share everything that I've been learning and, and dive into today's topics. Absolutely, man. So what made you start this journey in the first place? What got you to create that first initial tipping point that got you to really like notice that, okay, this is what I want to be doing and this is what I want to lean into? Yeah, I think it was a gradual process that kind of just happened over time. But I think my yeah. parents did a really good job of instilling a, uh, I guess what Carol Dweck would call a growth mindset. And I just fell in love with evolving, finding a different part of myself that I didn't even know was there that came out in competition or came out in these extreme situations where I had to dig down and find something and communicate to myself in a way that I never had before. And through that up leveling, through that growing, I developed a different language and a different way of viewing the world. And that mm. view became inspirational to the people that I was around. You know, I, I played sports and naturally I, the positions that I sought were leadership positions. And if you mm. want to be effective at those positions, not only do you have to work hard, but you have to know your team. And if you want to know your team and, and, and be someone that they want to listen to, then you have to be willing to do the work that no one else is willing to do. And so my dad was very good at cultivating that discipline and work ethic. And, you know, when everyone else is sleeping, you're training kind of thing. And so I think that just over time um, built this uh, type of mindset where I could hold a specific space for somebody, one that they felt comfortable, yeah. also one that they felt challenged. And so it was this really cool combination of like, hey, I'm not going to judge you and what's going on. What do you want? Let me help you get there. And I think uh, when I was in college, that really cemented after having a professor that, I really, that really inspired me to learn about the mind and the body. And I started taking mm. that knowledge and sharing it with my friends and my family. And pretty soon I started getting clients and then bigger clients. Mm. And now, you know, 7,000 people later from eight different countries, mm. here I am sharing what I've learned. That's awesome, man. You really got the snowball effect going. Huh? You were <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. First client and let's go. Let's keep this ball rolling. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I love the fact that you said evolution and not development. I think in the personal development field, a lot of people use the term development, but I yes. think you're right. It's totally an evolution where you're like breaking down the old self yes. and stepping into the newer version of yourself. As a leader, have you had to sort of collide with an old version of you ever? Could you talk to uh, every me day. about like <laughs> every day? All right. Talk, yeah. Talk to me about that. Cause I, I face that too, where I'm like, I'm trying to get through a new uh, level and it's just like, there's a new challenge there just yes. waiting for me. Yeah. I think yeah. the first place that I started was realizing that the challenge that arises when you try and go to the next level is a, is a preparation for you to be successful at that next level. Right. So yeah. every level has a new devil kind of thing, devil, you, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. 
I think looking at the challenge in a way where it's sharpening your skills and preparing you for that next level is a, is a, a better way of looking at it than saying, why are these challenges and obstacles coming my way? Because if you, if you give the problem and the obstacle mm -hmm. more power, then you don't necessarily have enough energy to overcome that challenge. And so I think everything's happening for us and not to us, you know, this very popular saying now, but that yeah. is, I think, where you need to start. There have been times where I have tried to up-level, not tried, I'm in the process of up-leveling and beliefs of what's possible start emerging. Oh, I don't know if I can make that amount of money in one year. I don't know if I can work with that type of client. Uh, do I really have what it takes to own my business and then make it successful and then sustain it? I mean, mm. I don't really, who, who, in my, who in my life has done that? My dad was pretty successful um, in his own endeavors. And so I had that to pull on, but other outside of my, my, my other friends weren't really doing what I was doing. So I was kind of like mm. figuring it out by myself and, and trying to pull information forever, forever I could. And I had to really like be conscious of the thoughts that were entering my mind in the hardest moments, moments mm. where I was questioning, is this right for me? Am I on the right path? Do I have what it takes? Am I smart enough? Am I skilled enough? And with the growth mindset that I kind of talked about earlier, I think I was able to, with the help of my support system, lean into those thoughts and say, is that true? Do you mm. really want that next level? I do. Okay. Are you willing to let go of everything that you've had up until this point in order to get it? And that's where I think most people will be like, uh, I'm not sure because they, they're attached to their identity. And the, yeah. the way psychology works is you, you, you are glued to the identity that you think you are. And so for, for you to up level, part of you needs to be released, meaning mm. your identity, something that you've believed a long time needs to start to break down and that can be very vulnerable and for someone mm. who isn't willing to explore those vulnerabilities will try so hard to keep that idea of who they think yeah. they are intact and that prevents yeah. them from getting to the next level they cling on to it right yeah totally and what would you say to someone who's let's say getting triggered in terms of like doing a little bit of i guess shadow work within the yes. self you know, there's, there's definitely this issue of like, when we have somebody else like point out something which we need to work on within ourselves. So, mm -hmm. which we maybe suppress or deny. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about triggers and how they affect the human body a little bit yeah. too. So triggers lead to transformations. I think that's something mm -hmm. that needs to be a part of everyone's vocabulary. Anytime you're triggered, yeah. that is an opportunity to reclaim a part of you that hasn't been owned or, or, mm. or their shame around something. You know, Carl Jung, famous psychologist who coined the term shadow work, talks about mm. shadows being everything that you deem as not valuable, something that you feel mm. you couldn't embody or else you wouldn't be accepted. And so every time you see a quality in somebody that triggers you, mm. it's reminding you of that peace that you don't think you want or don't think you need that is essential for you to integrate in order for you yeah. to be whole. So that trigger, as uncomfortable as it is, as hard as it might be to lean into, uh, if you really wanna grow and you really wanna see what is 
underneath what you currently are, then mm. you're just going to have to take, you have to say yes to that process. So then mm. you ask yourself, why am I triggered? What part of me is judging that other thing in somebody else? And then that starts the searching that starts the self-reflection and all great mm. leaders and all high performers are really solid reflectors because they want to know what in my past is preventing me from getting to the future that I want and how can I fine tune to keep this momentum that I've already built going. So mm. I think starting with that question and kind of seeing where that goes, who did you learn it from? Who did you learn that quality that you don't think you should own? Who taught mm. you that that wasn't acceptable? Who did you look yeah. at and say, I don't think I can be that and then tried to shun it away from yourself. I think those mm. will kind of bring different layers of awareness to you. Totally. Yeah. It's so, so it's sort of like a spotlight where you see you, you see the areas which you haven't loved yet. And so you sort of like, it helps to zoom in on it. Yeah. And then from there you sort of allow yourself to, to really start exploring what that means and stop having this kind of war with your own nervous system, right? Because when we're reacting to a trigger, it's just a thought that we're reacting to. Mm -hmm. Like, or like if we get annoyed at maybe someone in politics or someone who's a celebrity or, or something that someone else said, it's just a thought. And that thought creates this like war with our own body almost. Mm -hmm. yes. And I think that's like, that's a place where, uh, it helps also understand the mind, right? Where your mind doesn't really know the difference between real and imagined and start and finish and all yeah. these things. Right. These are yeah. all constructs, right? Because really yeah. all we have is now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so philosophical and it's, but it's also literal. Like yeah, there's only now. And so we trap ourselves sometimes with trying to live in a future that isn't here or trying to bring back or avoid a moment from the past, sabotaging the only time that we have, which is now. And so we're caught in this, this like messiness of unorganized mind. And it isn't until you get clear on what you are about, what your personal philosophy is, what your purpose is in life, what you're going after, what you want to, what you want to stand for, what you want to be known for, that then allows you to maximize this moment and realize like, hey, yeah, this is the only time that I have. So I'm going to use that philosophy. I'm going to let that purpose guide me. I'm going to be less about expectation and more about intention. And I'm going to go with the flow and allow things to happen. Absolutely. And there's such a magic in that spontaneity. And I think that's why I love the flow state so much, man. It's because it's this, it's this presence, you know what I mean? Yes. And the thing is like um, flow state can also like we can use being super present as a distraction and as an escape too. Mm. So like, for instance, like, you know, we could meditate as if we're addicted to it as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed to just using it and being able to embody it and like carry that presence with us and mm. um, be able to sort of, you know, be able to, cause a lot of people, I feel like they're in the flow state but then the flow state is also one of the most addictive states on the planet. You yes. know what I mean? So they could get into flow state through heroin or something else. You know what yeah. I mean? Not necessarily the natural, like what the body and the mind naturally produces. And I think that, yeah, my, it's always kind of been my mission to help people like explore natural ways of getting high, you know, being able to just like 
fine tune that uh, consciousness and figure out like, yeah, what are ways in which I can do this within myself through ecstatic dance, through breath work, through freestyle rap, through, you know, speaking on a stage and then expressing myself. Like yeah. there's so many ways to do this. It's just uh, people have to find their own unique ways. Right. And yeah. one of the cues in order to get into any flow state is challenge. Yes. Right. Like totally. you're not just going to get in flow eating food or, you know, just having a casual conversation, maybe, but chances are there has to be some level of discomfort and almost yeah. some level of borderline. Can I do this? That brings all of you to the present. And then mm. once you start that thing, once you say, once you pick the mic up and say, hello, you're in it, right? Once you get <laughs> your snowboard and you're going down Black Diamond Mountain, you're in it. So yeah. there needs to be a level of commitment and also understanding that the thing that I may fear, which is the challenge, is actually the necessity to the new me that I desire. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And in the flow state, it's all about that challenge. You're right. The challenge skills ratio is what they say. So it's right yeah. between boredom and anxiety. So if, you, if you're bored, you're not challenging yourself enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a professor I had in college that taught me that I referenced earlier that taught me about mind and body. And he has, mm -hmm. he, he coined the Goldilocks principle, which is like the porridge mm -hmm. is not too hot, not too cold. It's just right. And it's like, what's this? Uh, it's like an arc of attention, right? If we, mm -hmm. if we put too much on our plate, then we're too distracted. If we don't put enough on our plate, we're not challenged enough. So it's finding that optimal zone. Mm -hmm. So, so our attention can be where it's supposed to be, which is in the now focus on the thing that we're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's that sweet spot. Yep. And everyone has their own words for it, right? The groove, <laughs> yeah, right. the pocket, you know, all these different terminologies. But I feel that everyone knows it because they have a reference of what it feels like. Mm. And so I guess flow kind of was brought up in every single qualitative research. It's like, it's kind of flowy, you know, the experience is like water, right? So yeah. that's what kind of led it to be this thing. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of like that challenge that you said and also how you find opportunity in the problem or the, the challenge that arises. I think that's a huge element of uh, the growth mindset. So for the audience listening who are kind of unfamiliar with growth mindset, fixed mindset, how would you kind of differentiate those two? Yeah. So uh, first off, there's a great book that I'm going to reference that I think everybody should read. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm. She's a psychologist, I uh, believe either at Harvard or Stanford. Can't remember which one, but her research is pretty, it's, it's simple in the fact that people in, in the growth mindset have always known that there's something different about them and people in the fix have kind of just, it, it's always been an idea, but she organized it in a way that was so easy to understand. And so here's a perfect example. She opens up her book with this example. She gives, um, she gives a puzzle to many different kids in this experiment that she does. And this puzzle is not easy, right? And so a few kids will look at the puzzle and they start like rubbing their, her, their hands together and they're like, oh yeah, I love a good challenge. Mm -hmm. And then another kid is like in the, in the thick of it and they're like, hmm, this is really testing me. I like this. And these are kids, mind you. Right. And her thoughts are like, who are these kids? Why are they saying these things? Like no one should be this happy over a challenge. And then there's other mm -hmm. kids that just kind of break down and say, this is too hard. I don't have this skill set. And what she, the main differentiations between growth and fix is growth is accepting and almost looking forward to the challenge because they want to grow. 
They don't see mm. failure as failure. They see it as learning. As a That's, process. As a process, right? It's, it's always continuing. Wow. Whereas fix mm. is like, I was born a certain way. I'm only so smart. I'm only so skilled. If I fail, that means that's the end of, of what's possible for me. So I won't push yeah. forward and continue. And so it, it kind of is what it suggests. It's like fixed. It's like, I can't go anywhere. I am yeah, where I am. It's almost like this, this static versus dynamic thing, which I loved as well. It's like one yeah. is kind of like this thing and it's like, oh yeah, I just have this fixed thing as opposed to it's a process. And yes. I love that, that differentiation. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That also kind of goes into like, I, I remember reminded of like the marshmallow test where, mm -hmm. you know, the kids are kind of given the marshmallows and one so for the, you know, instant instantaneous gratification, as opposed to like the people who waited, the, the kids who waited, uh, had much more, you know, happier lives in general. Nice. And so that's really, yeah, so important because I feel like sometimes in this culture, it's like we're not even born ADD, we're trained ADD. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like yeah. digital overwhelm at times. Like we don't even know and what so, stillness is. Yeah, exactly. Right? Everything's yeah. moving all the time. There's always something to do at every moment of the day. Um, yeah. And someone can make the argument that there were things back then that kept attention but now it's it's just mm. it's displayed yeah. for everyone to see um so finding that stillness and that presence like you're talking about i think is one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves for ourselves and for other people um to facilitate really deep meaningful relationships mm. yeah you know i've i've had an interesting journey in terms of like trying to almost externalize my inner critic and calling it almost an inner caretaker because it's not really a critic. It's trying mm -hmm. to help you, but you know, it's kind of maybe doesn't have the right kind of intention or, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's doing it through a weird way or like a bully way that isn't uh, ideal, let's say to the, towards the best self. And so, yeah, recognizing that has given me a lot of power because once I'm able to distance myself from that voice in my head and take power over it, then it's just, it helps me. It's like mind over mind. Do you know what I mean? It's 100%. like, it's the observer yeah. and the person yeah. that's in it. Totally. Right. So you have a thought, yeah, yeah. but you aren't that thought. Yeah. You can be the person who looks at that thought. Like you can be a higher yeah. elevated 30,000 foot view of what mm. you're actually thinking, which, yeah. which disassociates you from your mm. experience in yeah. that place. There's no judgment. There's, you can see patterns. You can mm. see yourself as objectively as, as, as possible. I mean, it's still going to see some subjective, but a true obser observation is just watching things happen. And that's why meditation yeah. is so important. Because you learn yeah. like what you're talking about. You learn how to say that thought that I'm thinking isn't true. It came yeah. from somewhere in my past. And it's also preventing me from becoming the person I need to be. So let me develop the skill of seeing it and recognizing it. And in the moment where I recognize it, understanding how to shift it by changing the narrative, by mm. inserting the thing that I want to be in that moment, and then cultivating that identity. Mm. That's so powerful. Yeah, I recently uh, came across this kind of technique where 
you know, whatever we say is our past, we our unconscious kind of knows it is true. Mm -hmm. And so if we talk to ourselves, like, as if let's say, oh, six months back, but then you give yourself actually a goal for the future. So basically what you're doing is like, oh, six months back, I had this really, I remember the moment where I decided that I would join the gym, that I would do this, right? And it's actually, you're setting it up for the future. It like, your body accepts it as true. Yes. And so it, it's so much easier to be able to have that sort of, you know, embedded into the, into the subconscious mind. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, we uh, call that future pacing. Future pacing. Yeah, future pacing. You're taking an idea that you want to happen in the future, but yeah. communicating to yourself in a way that it's already happened. Happened, yeah. And then the key is to add gratitude for it already happening, mm. right? So there's clarity, yeah. there's language, and then there's emotion with the gratitude. And that combination of all three of those components creates a new story that yeah. can cause you to take different action that will actually lead you to experiencing the thing that you say has already happened. Right. That's so interesting. You know, could you talk to me a little bit about gratitude? Because I think that a lot of people have kind of a bit of a misunderstanding. You know, I studied positive psychology as mm -hmm. well in my past, and that was huge in, in terms of talking about gratitude as, a, as an actual intervention that really helped people. Um, however, I feel that a lot of people see it sort of as a task to do, like, oh, I have to write in my gratitude journal today, rather than kind of embodying it. Um, what do you feel like is the key step in terms of really being grateful? Well, let's start with why it's important first, because yeah. I feel like people don't necessarily know what the benefits are. And if they don't know what the benefits are, then they may not have no desire to do it. So the benefit of being grateful is the literally the rewiring of your brain to notice mm. more opportunity and to mm. attract more abundance. So if yeah. you want more opportunity in your life and you want more abundance, this is, the re, this is why you should be more grateful. And you might be saying, well, I don't have money in my account or my relationship is shitty or you know, I, I, things aren't going my way. Okay. Well, here's how powerful the mind is. Whatever you're going to focus on and choose to see is what you're going to attract more of. That's common knowledge amongst all of personal development. Yeah. And if you knowingly or unknowingly focus on the things that are not going right, you're only going to strengthen your mind's ability to recognize that information. Mm. What gratitude does is it intervenes and it intercepts that things aren't going right in my life and it changes the narrative to things are going right. I am alive. Mm. I do have someone in my life that I can connect to. I may not have as much money as I want, but I do have money to take care of myself. So you're, yeah. you're reframing the story of I don't have enough to I, I'm grateful for what I have. And what that does is it builds a solid foundation to invite more opportunities that bring more things to be grateful for. Mm. So if I'm grateful for my relationships, I'll begin to notice more relationships like the ones that I'm grateful for. If I'm grateful yeah. for the money that I have, big or small, I'll, be, I'll train my mind to notice more opportunity that brings more money to be grateful for. 
So mm. that's why great gratitude is important. Yeah. And super powerful. Yeah. So I love that. And almost, I think of it almost as an antidote to like chasing that, that kind of like chasing of validation or like status or whatever. It, it's sort of just, it gives you the things that you can appreciate instead of like focusing on, Oh, I don't have the car yet, which is lack. It's like, yes. why not focus on the fact that you have a bike, a mode of transportation that will possibly get you a car in the future. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It, and, and people want to be around people who appreciate totally. people do not want to be around people that complain. So yeah. by that definition, also, you're going to naturally attract more opportunity because people you're going to have more inviting energy. Your presence isn't going to be yeah. scarcity of like, I have to get so that I'm taken care of. It's more so like I have enough and I'm open to giving and I'm also open to receiving. So it's much more open around you rather than yeah. closed, scared and uh, kind of just cut off, if you will. Yeah. That's so interesting. It is definitely like an energy, you know, you notice it in people. Like I walked over to Starbucks, I saw two employees, one was so happy, chirpy and like giving. And then the other one was just like the complete opposite. And there's just like the one that was true, just had like a, a skip in her step. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, she had an extra energy. She wasn't like letting other people drain that energy. She was giving of something and it was almost like she was tapping into something as well yes yes yeah and we're just naturally attracted to that it's it's like a magnet yeah i mean also if you're negative you tend to attract more negative people so that it stays within your narrative and and within your reality so if you are someone that's listening to this shaking your head being like yeah right that's just fake bs that may be a challenge for you to look at your life and say, where am I not being grateful? Where am I not showing up and trying to be as open-minded as possible? Because you may be blocking opportunities you don't even know are around you. And it isn't until you yeah. begin to loosen the way you think that more information can start coming in that yields a different lifestyle. Mm. That's awesome, James. So talk to me a little bit about your, like your, your branding. Cause it says like, be the 1%. What does that mean to yeah. you? And like, how, like, how does that, uh, you know, impact the world? Yeah. So yeah. be that 1% came to me in my darkest time when I took yeah. the leap from a job that I was working, making, you know, 60 to $70,000 working eight months out of the year, three days a week, really great yeah. job in, in Vegas. And I didn't like it. So I decided that I wanted to pursue something that I was passionate about, which is what I'm doing now. And that was very scary. I didn't have any clients. I didn't have any backup plan. I just decided I'm, I'm not happy here and I'm going to go do something about it. So I went door knocking, literally business to business, knocking on their doors and pitched myself and no, after no, after no, after no, began to wear on me. I was 24 years old talking to 50, 60, 70 year olds, owners of companies, looking at me like I'm crazy. What are you at 24 gonna teach my employees? Like that was the look that I got. And so I began to question whether I made the right choice. Like I, I was making good money. I was able to travel. I was able to provide the lifestyle that I wanted. It, everything was fine. I just wasn't happy. And so I'm like, did I make the right choice? Am I, am I cut out for this? Like maybe I should just go get another job. And it was in that kind of thought sphere where I was making an Instagram post of all things. 
and mm-hmm. be, and then do that. So this phrase came to me. It was like, do what 99% of the people won't do. And this was like, I was writing it out and I was reading it. And I'm like, Ooh, that's good. And then it was like, be that 1%. And then I paused and I'm like, be the one, be the one that does what most don't. What would most people do in this situation? They'd throw in the towel. They'd say, mm. this is too hard. I can't do this. No one's saying yes. I don't have any more money. Uh, I'm lonely. I'm tired. You know, and I think like most people would make an excuse to justify why they should just go back and get a regular job. I didn't want to do that. So I was like, let me be the one. And that just became a personal philosophy that just stuck with me. And I kept it in my mind for a long time. And I told my friends about it. And they're like, I like that. So then I put it on a shirt and I wore it to the gym and I got it for my friends. And then my wife was like, we can turn this into a brand. And so she was the one that actually initiated it becoming a podcast, it becoming like this, this movement where it doesn't necessarily stand for being the top 1% in any field. It really means being your own 1%, being you, because you are different than anybody, everybody else. And so it's a mixture of like owning yourself mixed with doing what most people don't do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that combination yeah. yields a life where you live on your terms and no one else's. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's like a symbol of self-reliance as well. And yeah, I really love the aspect that you, you chose, you were chosen because you chose to be, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I love that. Like you, That's you cool. were sort of like, like in that space where you were like, what would 99% of people uh, do in this situation and you actually like took on that thought process and like that that must have been an interesting moment where you're making that instagram post I, seriously <laughs> yeah and yeah. i sent it to my wife i sent it to amanda and she was like oh that's good but like she didn't understand like all that went in my mind that came that produced that mm-hmm. statement right so it took her a while to see it the way that i saw it but it was a driving yeah. force for me i was motivated i was inspired i was uh, I was just, I was trying to make that a reality through my actions. Mm. And that was the, that was the philosophy that was, that was driving me. Mm. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, they, they have all this great potential. It's like they're giants, but they're trying to like, you know, wear like, like, uh, clothes for toys or something. They're, they're like, you know, they're, they're sort of shrinking themselves, to become a lot smaller because based on circumstance or whatever. But what I really uh, admire about you is that you really value like doing that inner work, you know, and that journey, because I've noticed it in myself. Like when I was not happy within myself, like I just wasn't getting the results, you know, even if I wanted results or I wanted to get the nice lifestyle, it's like, I wasn't fully, you know, in that space where, I could fully decide like this is the kind of life that I want and, and mm-hmm. I want to live. So yeah, I totally understand that. Um, yeah. There's a, what would you, yeah, go ahead. There's a thing about growth too. It's like you, you have to, the image where you were talking that was coming to me was like the genie from Aladdin, you know, it's like mm. this, all this infinite <laughs> power, but he's, he's in, in this, this tiny lamp. little lamp. 
And the yeah. only way he can be freed is if someone rubs it. And it's like, yeah. we have all this power waiting for someone to come like free us. Yeah. And we're like, please rub my lamp. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> dude, no one's coming. So either you yeah. realize how powerful you are and that you've been selling yourself short or you just got to be okay with the lifestyle that you want. And no one can judge you for that. The beauty about this yeah. life is you get to choose who you want to be and what you want to stand for and what you want your life to be about. So mm. if you don't take ownership of that, then you're going to be subject to everyone else's expectations of you, which means you're going to fall under the way people think you should be rather than cultivating the person who you were born to be. And who you mm. were born to be is who you want to be. Right. So like, that's a powerful statement, not just a, a cool one liner that you can post on Instagram, but something that you actually integrate and you do that through work. Yeah. Like constant Absolutely. work on yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. I love that. And yeah, I'm also kind of reminded of what you said about standing for something because i think that's super important and it gives people almost like a sharpness to their personality and it pushes away the people that you don't want in that reality it pushes away the 99 you could say yes right? yes <laughs> so i think that's huge uh talk to me a little bit about values I, that's been huge for me but personally just um what's the importance of values and how can people start exploring their own values yes values creates boundaries it, mm. it allows you to say yes or no to something if you don't know what you value then you're very confused on what's right or wrong for you and there's just so much information that is around you all day every day that if you don't have a filter then you're just overwhelmed all the time so that's one reason values dictate your behavior they they guide you in a certain direction and they kind of create blinders in a sense of non-useful information from useful information. And yeah. if you're not clear on your values, then your life is going to be very chaotic. And so one of the ways that you can un understand and kind of identify what you value is really just asking yourself the question, what are some of my favorite words? You know, mm. like what, what do I like saying? that produces an emotional response in me. And I'll just yes. give you an example from my life. Like my values, integrity. Mm. And, and, and these change throughout your life. So what, what may be right for you in your 20s is maybe not the same when you're in your 30s and you have kids. Like right. you have an evolution to you, right? So you gotta constantly mm. be reflecting, asking yourself what's important because you do change. But for right now in my yeah. life, being a new dad, four weeks in, super excited. Integrity mm. is important. Yeah. Thank you. Growth mm. is important. Love is important. Responsibility yeah. is important. And spirituality is important to me. So right now, those are my top five. Integrity probably being number one. And, mm. and if you don't know your values, like it's just really hard to live in alignment. You don't know really yeah. who you are. Right. So that's the reason why you should do it. And it starts by asking yourself that question of like, what words do I really resonate with? Yeah. I love the fact that it has like an emotional word 
and it has a like a physical response in the body that they'll get you moving or give you energy. And you're right. Every, for everybody, it's a different word. Like uh, for me, I love the word perspective. Mm. Like, that just fills me full of like so much joy. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see it. And yeah. And also, um, yeah, I loved how, um, you know, you chose integrity because it's such an interesting word. It almost reminds me of the word integrate also. Mm. Um, being kind of similar to that and you know I, I almost think of integrity as like who are you willing to be when no one's watching um, yeah and how would you define like what's your personal kind of yeah uh, it's a great question it? yeah, I'd love to know I, yeah I think I think if we lived in more integrity with ourselves I think we would have more self-respect and more love for ourselves because we would again know those boundaries and so integrity to me borrowing some language from uh, Michael Gervais, who is a uh, mm. sports psychologist, the way he describes it, I love. He says, integrity mm. is having an ideal or like a, a mental construct or a concept that you believe in and then matching that with your behaviors. Mm. So it's as simple as that. It's like, what do, you, what do you stand for in essence? Like, what are your values? What's your personal mm. philosophy? And do your actions correspond and match that idea if they do you are living in integrity if they're not matching Mm. you're out of integrity which Mm. is very conflicting and it's very hard to value yourself and have very high confidence or conviction when you believe one thing but you're doing the opposite yeah yeah, man, I really agree with that. And I've experienced it in my own life. Like when I say I'm going to do something and then I don't do it, or like, it's just as simple things like where you don't follow through. Um, yeah, you really start to, it like chisels away at your own self-esteem, like 1%, 1%. And then after a while, you sort of, you know, you get to the space where you really don't take yourself as seriously. You know, you, exactly. you sort of, you, you don't have that, that, that energy or that gravitas that says like, yo, I'm a, I'm a real person. I'm here to show up, you know, it sort of lacks that drive. And I think that, you know, I've struggled with that a lot, like being able to really embody that authenticity. Um, I've always had this kind of issue with like pretending to be someone or, you know, kind of people pleasing and that kind of behavior. And then I've kind of realized how draining it was because if I'm putting on a mask, it's depleting so much of my energy yeah. into well, it, maintaining it. Right. right. And like, not only that, but you wearing the mask is attracting other people who wear masks. Totally. So then you live in yeah, this false projection. reality that you're trying to uphold and mm. no one's real. They're all holograms. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, so you're, yeah, it's, it's like a double whammy of things that you mm. can't control. So Rather than that, which is very natural, FOPO is like what Michael Gervais would say, fear of people's opinions is Mm. like real. And that is probably the number one reason. Yeah, it's good, right? The number one reason why people don't do what they know they need to do is Mm. what if I do it? What will people think? What will my mom think? What will my dad think? What will my family think? What will my friends think? What will my boss think? What would society think if I actually did what's in my mind and lived my life the way I wanted to? 
I would, maybe I'd be seen as crazy. Maybe I'd be seen as whatever. And that thought is the reason why they don't take action. And then part of them begins to die inside because there's an expression that wants to come Ooh. through you that can only come through you. And so when yeah. that fear of FOPO comes in, it, it suffocates that expression and it almost mm. chokes you from the inside. And then you just begin to wither and then your convictions less and less and your potency is less and less and your energy is just less and less. And pretty soon yeah. you're just going through the motions like a robot. Absolutely. You know, James, I'm, I'm a real lover of paradox. And so once I recognize that like, okay, yeah, there is truth to fake it till you make it. But it's like, it, the word isn't even fake. It's like act it out until it becomes real. You know what I mean? And so that's what my new book that's coming out for the audience nice. listening, like that's what my new book is all about. It's about like being able to embody the character that you truly prefer to be, not who society wants you to be. Yes. And right. I think that's a huge distinction. There was once uh, I went to this class where they made us do this activity and it was like an acting class. Um, and he was like, act how society wants you to be. And everyone was like walking around like with their heads down in weird voices and like kind of, you know, clunky. And then he said, act who you really are. And everyone's body language changed. So there's definitely this like body, this physiology thing is so important as well. Mm -hmm. As well as things like in personal development, we say like power posing, it's such a simple tweak. Yes. But I think that, it changes the, the mind along with 100%. It. Your, your body is an instrument. The yeah. same way you play a piano is the same way you can play your body. Each posture your body has, has a mm. specific biochemical release associated to it. So if you stand mm. a certain way, there's a certain amount of chemicals that come through your blood system that changes how you feel. You sit a certain way, same thing, certain type of biochemistry. And so if you can learn the intelligence that your body naturally comes equipped with that you have, you didn't do anything to earn. It just is there. And you can mm. use your body to quote unquote, play music and create this orchestra of energy. Then mm. if you had that power, which you do, and you actually chose to use it, not only would you, gosh, not only would you be able to impact people's lives because of your energy, because you know how mm. to use it, but you would just have a deeper sense of fulfillment and, and a different energy about your life. And I think that story would then attract more abundance. You would then find yourself in a more elevated uh, state of being all through mm -hmm. understanding your body, how to move it and how to use it, how to take care of it. Mm. Yeah, it's super powerful. And I love what you said about integrity. It's coming back to me now because it's super important. The, the framework yeah. <laughs> and then like being able to live through the framework. I mean, isn't that what a man is, right? Is he's just a guardian of the light and he's able to follow through and just be able to live his and embody his philosophy. Yeah, yeah. And then you attach that. Like, so, so all of us have masculine and feminine, right? So like the right, masculine totally, yeah. owning is masculine is, is, is a very powerful warrior purpose-driven force couple that mm. with the feminine side um yeah. you have the flow and the integration and the, yeah and the, totally. and the, exactly whether that's a yeah. man and a woman or just a man that's also very in, in tune with his feminine side and whenever the time's right he can shift back and forth 
depending on context and environment. I love that. I've been doing a lot of that internal work and I could say that, you know, uh, I've been looking at two kind of opposing poles and the exploration was interesting too. I looked at Caesar, who was like a mm. conqueror, and then Buddha. Yes. It was very reflective and quiet. Yes. And I, I loved sort of exploring those two and understanding like what was the thread sort of connecting them, you know, and one is peaceful, but still had this element of understanding that there is value in, in noticing that suffering is there. Mm. And the other one is like sort of going through the suffering in his own way. And he's a conqueror, but he has that strategy. So it's like yeah. this peaceful strategy or this calculated inhibition mm. that that's just like, you know, it's that, it's a sweet spot as we were talking about earlier, you know? Yeah. So I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to borrow some of the Buddhist philosophy, if everything is suffering, yeah. then what's worth suffering, suffering for? for. Yes. Right. And that's what your purpose is. That's what gets you up every morning. Like you're going to have suffering. It's just kind of what it is. You're going to go through pain, but what makes that pain worth it? Mm. And when you get clear on that, man, there's nothing that's going to stop you. Mm. Wonderful, James. So this is your space to just shine, radiate, tell people, you know, how to get in touch with you, what you're offering all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, thank you for allowing me to, to share and to come on your thank show you. and connect with your audience. I, I, I really uh, am grateful and, and thank you for doing the work that you do and providing a space for people to learn the way that we're all learning right now. Uh, I would love to connect with anybody who's listening that resonated with this message. Easiest way would probably be through Instagram, which I'm assuming you're going to add in the show notes. Yes. Uh, but James underscore Silvis. And then I, on that, I have my link tree that has my website, my email, and if you want it, my podcast, all that stuff. But I work with people one-on-one. I have masterminds. Um, I have events. So I guess just kind of tune in to, to the page and see what I have coming up. And I would love to connect with you either in person or, or virtually, whichever one. Love it. Thank you so much, James. My final question to you is if you had a megaphone, right? And you could yell one message and the whole cosmos could hear that message. What would it be? Mm. A couple things are coming up. So I'm going to try and combine them. All right. I think it'd be a three part sentence. It'd be like a, you are enough. Trust trust yourself and love others. Mm. So it kind of like maybe in that, in that series, you know, it's like first recognize that you are enough and stop trying to stop trying to stop thinking that you need something in order to be complete. Mm. Right. And then trust yourself, meaning tune in and listen to the guiding force that's in you that always has your best interest and decipher that between the falsities and the truths. Mm. And then lastly, when you embody that love is what binds us all love heals love unites and so if we want to be a more powerful civilization or a planet i think the best way to do that is through love but we can only love through a a deep understanding of ourselves can only love as deeply as we love ourselves so totally man Thank you so much once again, and may the flow be with you. (laughs) Yeah, may the flow be with you, bro.
See ya. May the flow be with you. Join the next Flow time. Awakening episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Flowzone Academy on Instagram. That's at F L O Z O N E A C A D E M Y. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. Until next time, Flowmies.